Hello and welcome to the RIP Sports Podcast. I'm Mike Anderson, joined with me today by the one and only Joel Jimenez. Joel Jimenez, how you doing? What's up, everybody? My name's Joel, and I'm here ready to talk some basketball. Let's do this. Man, we are excited for the 2018-19 NBA season. I think that we are uh, we're, we're going to try to bring back the podcast, guys. Do it once a month. Or, I'm sorry, not once a month. Do it once a, once a week. Uh, just kind of talk basketball. If you are looking for analysis, if you are looking for uh, just cold data, this may not be the podcast for you because I have a feeling that we're going to get a little spicy in here. Ooh, spicy, spicy. Let's bring it, guys. Let's bring it. Let's do it. Also, you're going to hear some noises in the background. That's my one-year-old son. He's really excited about the football that's on the TV right now. So, uh, so everyone say hi to Lincoln. Hi, Lincoln. Hey, buddy. Hi. Such an adorable kid. He's looking... He's, He's looking up and smiling. It's a good time. <laughs> good time. Um, man, getting back into the grind of it again. We are we are going to kind of just talk a little bit about ourselves real at the beginning of the year. Uh, talk a little bit about the format, and then we'll get into our main event. So basically, format-wise, we're a bunch of friends. Myself, uh, Joel, uh, Forrest... Ben McHenry, Forrest Hansen, and Oscar. All of us talk sports a bunch, and we like to talk basketball. So we're going to kind of all converge together here on the RIP Sports Podcast, and it will be a good, good time. So uh, let's do this. Joel, how did you fall in love with basketball? Oh, so basketball, uh, let's see. I, I, I've watched it my whole life. I grew up uh in a small family of five but my dad always grew up watching basketball uh he's actually a big fan of the lakers he liked magic johnson that's what i'm talking about <laughs> but i grew up a bulls fan because i grew up with michael jeffrey jordan so some of my earliest memories were watching michael jordan you know take on the lakers in the finals take on the blazers in the finals you know i'm not as Oof. i'm not as young as all you kids but what are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm probably pushing 10 years on you guys. So, Yikes. But it, it's all good. Like, Hopefully I bring in a little bit of that uh, extra knowledge uh, from like my younger days. But <laughs> This guy says, this guy comes in here and he says, all right, young bloods. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. I, I, I'm going to be the Uncle Drew of this podcast, I'm hoping. I was going to say, we got <laughs> Uncle Drew in here, everybody. Who's excited? But I am super stoked to be a part of this Um basically watching basketball my whole life big bulls fan grew up in northern california watching you know run tmc with the warriors growing up watching mitch richmond and the king so pretty much watch basketball religiously wherever it's on tnt tbs and nbc wherever i followed it so really excited to be here and just hoping to share, just hoping to share my love for the sport oh man i'm excited for it i actually fell in love with the same bulls my friend the same bulls mm. i was uh, 11 no 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 i was seven years old where did you lose your like, way man where did you lose your way hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. let me i'm about to tell you <laughs> um so i was i was seven years old and we had just moved back to illinois where my parents are from right outside of chicago and uh i didn't know anything about sports really i just i was unaware of it and i was sitting here and it was hype, right? It was the beginning of the Bulls going for uh, 72 wins. Oh, okay. And 
the whole town, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid the hype. You can't avoid... I mean, it's just... It's everywhere. Uh, we're in Elmhurst, Illinois. So, like, a little suburb, like, right outside of Chicago. And uh, I bought in. Man, I spent hours, hours and hours and hours sitting behind my... Uh, sitting behind, like, the corner of the basketball hoop trying to shoot, like... Like the fadeaway, the fadeaways that Jordan would shoot, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Uh, as he's falling sideways. Um, it was a good, good time. So um, I even bought the, I even bought the the what's it called the the Space Jam VHS oh. with the commemorative coin that it came with. That's amazing. I, I didn't even know it had a coin, but yeah, Space Jam was was the big movie back then. Oh heck yeah, man! It was <laughs> it was a good, good time. So. Um, fell, fell in love with that. And then when I was younger, uh, we moved back. I, I was nine, actually. We moved back from Illinois. And I thought that I should root for a team that was closer to my hometown, which is San Diego. Um, so I decided to root for the Lakers. And that was also right at the beginning of the Kobe Bryant era. So they all kind of coincide together for me. Um, I respect the Bulls. I love the Bulls. Um, but... When, when I've spent the last 20 years of my life rooting for the Lakers, it is it is difficult. I didn't have cable TV, so I used to sit by the radio Ooh, and just all right. listen to the games, man. Sharing those good moments with listening to the radio. Was it Chick Hearn? Uh, dude, I was nine. I don't, I don't care who it was. <laughs> I would just listen to the games, my dude. I would just listen to the games. I remember distinctly we were on a road trip when... The Lakers were playing the Kings in one of the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're we're on a road trip with my family. We're in our big old van. And I'm over here trying to listen to the game, telling everyone to be quiet. And I'm getting super, super, like, intense at, like, 10 years old or whatever. And my whole family's like, what are you doing? 10-year-old like, Mike getting emotional. I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm hijacking the radio and everything. And we were, like, traveling through. We were traveling through the... Um, the Central Valley, I think, at the time, because we were coming back from NorCal. And uh, so, like, we're trying to find the different radio stations that are playing it and all that stuff. So, I mean, it was wild. I got to hear some of the King's Homer uh, radio casts. It was it was insane. Something different. All right. Well, you went from Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant. You know, that's that's a pretty good jump, you know. You, I, I like shooting guards. What can I say? Yeah, you're going from one great to another great. So, that's good. I mean, I mean, some might say, some might say. The greatest, but that's another that's that, another conversation for another day because I, I I don't necessarily say that MJ is the goal is the goat. So we'll see. Um, cool, Joel. What are you looking forward to most this basketball season? Oh, what are you looking forward to most? So I think what I'm going to say is that while I think the championship may already be decided, sadly, I'm really excited for the season because the drama. Like, I, I'm looking oh to see goodness. what Carmelo Anthony's going to do on the Rockets. I want to see if he's going to start. Because, I mean, Carmelo Anthony's got this old man game, kind of like Paul Pierce, where he never relied on his, like, athleticism. He's just going to find his spot 15, 16 feet away from the rim and just shoot over you. Like, Carmelo Anthony, he has old man game. He's had old man's game ever since he entered the league. So I want to see how he does with uh, the Rockets. I want to see what happens with Jimmy Butler and the Timberwolves. And see where that's going, because 
That is that well, is I mean, you mean you mean where day. where Jim you mean where Jimmy Butler is going, oh. right? Like not where that team is going, right? I think I'm a little bit greedy and I want Jimmy Butler to stay with the Timberwolves for as long as possible cuz I want to see this stretch out. I want to see all like all the drama, everything that's going to happen with Cat and Butler and Wiggins, like I want to I want this to stretch out a little longer than like a week or two. I mean, you just secretly love anyone who's ever been affiliated with the Bulls. So you just want Tibbs and Jimmy to go ham. You know, I know it. Secretly, now that Noah's been waived, you know, with the stretch provision by the Knicks, I kind of want, you know, the Timberwolves to kind of sign Noah and just, <laughs> you know, just bring back the whole Bulls team from like 2010. Sure, why not? Let's do it. Timberwolves all you, the way. You you just hurt your knee, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I dislocated my left knee pretty bad. So that means all your ligaments are damaged, right? Oh, you know what? Miraculously, all the ligaments are seem to be pretty okay. It's just some, uh, just some heavy bruising, but it is going to take quite the recovery time. Yeah. So if you want to revive that Bulls team, you're going to need to donate some some knees to some of those guys. Oh, you know what I'm goodness. saying? <laughs> like, you look back and you're like, I can't believe. Besides Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson is the most successful Bull right now. Ex Bull. Because you got, you know, people say Derrick Rose is going to have a comeback year this year and that he looks better than ever, but... He will for 10 games. But I've been hearing that for the past five years, and, you know, I've been holding on hope that I get to see the old Derrick Rose come back, but, guys, he's no longer that player. Like, we got to let go. I think you need to tell that to yourself. Oh, I've let go of the whole Derrick Rose <laughs> dream. That, that ship set sail. That is gone. I I do have to say this. Oh, there goes my kid making a bunch of noise. <laughs> I do I do have to say this. And this is going to hurt you. When Derrick Rose was at his peak, I was not a big fan. I didn't MVP Derrick Rose, I didn't even think it was that good anyway. You know, so, people say he only won the MVP because they didn't know whether to vote for Kobe or LeBron, so and he kind of split the vote, but Hey, I mean, MVP Derrick Rose, he was his own beast, so I can't be mad. Yeah. I thought we had a chance yeah. to win a title, but an <laughs> injury. You're a dreamer, that's what you are. Also, my kid believes that right now is the perfect time to play with his loudest toys. But this is, we're trying to make this a little <laughs> laid back podcast, so you're going to get a little, you're going to get welcomed into my living room. And uh, this is kind of the constant noise that. A one-year-old brings. I'll tell you that. What about so, you, Mike? What are you most excited for this year? Is it obvious? It should be obvious. I. It's pretty obvious right? to me, but I don't know about everyone else listening. <laughs> uh, I'm a Laker fan. And here is the thing. And if we're going to talk about maybe... I, I mean, this, this podcast is laid back. And it, we're just going to kind of be all over the place in that the Lakers are going to be good. And I'm excited for that because it has been tough sailing the last five years. Um, I think that, and I was I was talking to some people about this earlier. I don't think that the Lakers are necessarily trying to win a title right now. I, hey Lincoln, Shh. there we go. Um, I don't necessarily think that the Lakers are going to try to win a title, but I think what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to have the most highlight reels they possibly can. And I think that we that was exemplified when when Lonzo came back and LeBron just like 
first play, you know, right at the beginning. Whoop, here's a little lob for you, buddy. Why don't you just dunk it on down? Um, I Good passing gets me excited. Yeah. Um, I also think, and this is this is going to be a spicy, spicy take, and some people may not like this, but I also think Brandon Ingram is going to have a huge level up, and I think that we will be talking about him in the conversation for third-team All-NBA when that time comes around. I know it's spicy. He's not going to get it, but it's super, super spicy, and he's gonna he's been going to be the recipient. He's a slasher. He's going to be the recipient of three great passers, and I'm excited to see what that does and what that looks like. So I want you to educate me here. Uh, I want you to educate me here about the Lakers because you got Brandon Ingram. He's a six foot nine, like not even two hundred pound. Is he going to be a stretch he, four? Or is he going to play the three for you guys? You know what? I think it's wherever LeBron isn't is where he's going to play. Okay, so we're talking like he. I mean, he's a pretty small guy for like what whatever position he's going to play, especially if he's going to play the four. He's pretty thin. Do you think mm-hmm. now? You think he'll be in the talks for third team All NBA? Will he be on the Western Conference All Stars? Um, it depends. I mean, it, honestly, it depends on the injuries and everything. Okay. Like I think, I mean, I think that he'll be in the conversation for for the late, uh, like in the conversation for th- for the third team NBA. That's that's like I understand that there's a, there's a lot of other forwards that get those nods. I mean, specifically about eight other dudes, but I could I could see him averaging something like twenty four points a game oh. with with six or seven rebounds this season. 24 points that is uh that is man you are grasping at straws i mean this is this is a guy who two averaged 16 last year and now he has to share the ball with lebron james and lebron james lebron james the king have you watched did you watch any preseason i did not watch any of the lakers preseason i watched a few few preseason things here and there but nothing of the lakers so, you clearly didn't watch any Warriors preseason because the Lakers beat the Warriors twice. But um, but in there, pre-season. what we saw... <laughs> Who watches preseason? Uh, I do. Uh, or at least Lakers preseason. But what we saw, and what, I, what I've seen this preseason as compared to preseasons in the past for Brandon Ingram, is a man who isn't afraid of contact isn't afraid to make the aggressive play towards the basket isn't afraid to uh, to attack the basket and what one thing that I really was encouraged to see was that him and LeBron had that synergy okay and if LeBron can make Tristan Thompson a relevant <laughs> basketball player almost a max player I, con- player a max contract right player? a max contract <laughs> type of player well at least nearly there if lebron can do that if lebron can carry the scrap pile that is the cavaliers organization to the eastern conference finals there's got to be other people who are putting the ball in the bucket and i think that there are other additions of uh of rondo lance stevenson those guys they're not putting the ball in the bucket in the way that ingram is and when ingram is getting six easy layups a game because or at least uh, interior passes into into Ingram into the as the slasher, 
I think that suddenly you can you can bump up his scoring pretty significantly. Okay, without going too deep on the rest of rest of what the Lakers have done this year, I mean they've made a they've made wholesale changes. Like this is a completely different team. Um, yes. How? What is your okay? Over under forty eight wins for this team. Forty eight and a half wins. Over or under. Um, what would 48, 48 would have gotten you the eight seed Probably in the Western Conference, pressure. right? Probably, yeah. Um, let's see. Let me look that up real quick. So I think your eight seed last year was Minnesota, if I do remember, because they dropped a bit after Butler got hurt, and Butler kind of like helped them get the eight seed, where they were quickly eliminated by Houston. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Let's see. Why can't I look this up? We need the 2000, oh, let me get to this. But I mean, like, so like, you know, while you're doing that, let me just go over some of the changes. You got like Lance Stevenson coming in, Michael Beasley coming in, bringing in points, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee. Like, you guys have a mishmash of talent and a mishmash of uh, ability. So it, it could all come together or it could all be like the bad parts of Jekyll and Hyde, man. <laughs> Um, no, I hear you, and I think that you're that you're totally right. Uh, if we're looking by conference, uh, I mean, last year, if you remember, everything was incredibly close. Yes. Uh, the Nuggets just barely edged out, or were just barely edged out at 46 wins. Okay. Um, and so we had 47 wins were the were the Spurs and the Timberwolves. Okay. Right? And then the Pelicans and the Jazz and the Thunder were all at 48 wins with uh, with the Trailblazers at 49 wins. So, I mean, there's... That's five teams. I mean, that I mean six teams. Probably fighting for, all, like, That are within two, two games. I think the Lakers are right in that mix. Okay. So, if you say 48 is the average there... Yeah. So, 48 and a half above... Or below, over under. Man, I couldn't bet that line, but I can I say that they'll hit for. I'll say they'll hit forty eight. Okay. I'll say they'll they'll hit forty eight wins. Yeah, I think, and I know that's that's spicy. It's hard because I think forty eight is my magic number for them too. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see them hit forty five, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them hit fifty. Because you got a guy in LeBron James who's gonna carry this team. Like this is a guy who took Cleveland from being lottery with Kyrie Irving. To when Kyrie got hurt and took him to the finals. Like, this guy's unreal. Yeah. Like, he's a freak. And I also think that we we underestimate a little bit. And this is... I My homerism might show here. Um, I think we do underestimate how much the Lakers were struggling a little bit last year in being able to get their open shots and being able to facilitate the ball what i mean is is that they didn't necessarily have a guy on their team who the defense like warped to them sure you know you put you put steph curry you put kd you put harden you put those types of guys on the court they're gonna command eyeballs yeah right and suddenly all the other players have are a little bit more open right all the other players are a little bit more um I mean, they're just not, they're not covered as, as deeply or as intensely. And I think that that will actually, um, will help them a lot. Yeah, it's going to free up a lot of shots for sure. It's going to In kind of the intangible ways. So look at, look at someone like Kuzma. 
Could you see? Could you see Kuz, um, who came in here last season, and he was he averaged sixteen points a game. Yep. Yeah, sixteen point one points a game. Um, you could could you see him jumping up to twenty? Um, he gets he gets an extra open three a game. He's at nineteen points a game. Yeah, so I can see Kyle Kuzma getting a bump in his points, but. It's going to be real tough for Kuzma this year, I think, this year. Especially with scouting reports out this year. Teams are going to be more ready, prepared for him. But you have that LeBron James factor where he's going to open up space and he's going to give Kuzma open shots. Like, I'm a big Kyle Kuzma fan. I think I think you guys got to steal with him. So, I, I'm i rooting for Kyle Kuzma to get, like, 18 points a game. Like, I think that will be a great number for him in his second year, especially with teams who are – a bit more ready for what this guy can do. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking and I'm hoping to see Kyle Kuzma around the 18 points per game kind of kind of scoring clip, you know, with getting rebounds right. and, you know, providing, you know, pro- hopefully pro- providing a few blocks for this team. I really like Kuz. Yeah, well, so I think, I just think that Lon- or that uh, Ingram plays alongside LeBron a little bit better than Kuz. So I think that the extra points that, that come there um, actually go over to Ingram that LeBron brings and that they were a 40 they were a, um, they were a 35 point win team last season I think that LeBron is worth about 13 wins that sounds about right to me and uh, I think that he's gonna really the rest of the team is really gonna benefit I mean look at here's here's Ingram's stats from last year ready? He had 16.1 points. I mean, yeah. same as Kuzma. Same as Kuzma. Right? Um, his rebounds, 5.3. Assists, 3.9. I And he had a 39% three-point shooting. With LeBron on the court, could you see him go up to 41 and make an extra three a game? Um, I, I'm not looking at, at Ingram's stats, so I don't know how often he's shooting threes. You know, I don't know if he's attempting one three a game or <clears throat> two threes mm-hmm. a game. I mean, it all depends on volume. If he's shooting more, I don't expect him to maintain that forty percent clip. I mean, that I mean, we're talking about some of your elite three point shooters, and I don't know if Brandon Ingram is an elite three point shooter. I could be wrong. Sure. So. Um. Yeah. He he attempted two a game last last okay game, or last season. Okay. I mean. So so if he let's say he attempts four a game now. Sure. Right. Or let's say he attempts five a game. Sure. I mean, I think it's there. I think I think that it's he can. I think he can make two of those, two out of five. I got you. I mean, that's anyway. Two out of five, forty percent. We're talking like elite three point shooter in the league. So possibly, especially if he's getting open looks because of LeBron. Like, why not? That's that's what I'm saying. Is I think that he'll get more of the open looks. So, uh, I mean, if he if he's putting down an extra three a three a game, right? He he made he made about one, uh, he made a little less than one a game last season. That puts him at nineteen points, and now he has more opportunities as a slasher and an off ball finisher. Um, I think that he's he's the guy who's really going to take the level up for the Lakers organization, right. at least from their from their young core. From their young core, yeah, possibly. So, I know we're going heavy Lakers, but there's a good reason because LeBron James came over to the Lakers. LeBron is thirty three years old. He's pretty yeah. much age-wise at the end of his prime. How long can he keep this up for? 
that's a good question. Um, I I would estimate, and if I had to guess, um, since here's a man who's maybe the most dedicated to his fitness that we've seen since someone like a Kobe Bryant, right? Like this guy's, he's he he's a freak, right? Like you hear the things of like he has a whole recovery portion of his house where he's doing his ice baths and you know getting his massages and like you know just all that stuff just really taking care of his body um i think that he probably has of this elite elite level talent two to three years left um and i think that what we see over his tenure here with the lakers is that he's going to go from uh, year one the huge facilitator he's going to go from uh the the guy here um and i think that he's going to hand off the baton to the next great laker sure. um really well so i think that whoever that may be it's probably an import at this point um if we're talking them getting another top 15 talent sure um I mean, my my goal is that they that is that they get Kawhi. Okay. That would be like my dream come true. Um, but I think that LeBron is he's going to be functional enough as a basketball player, yeah, to be able to sign at the end of this contract to be able to sign another two year deal. Okay. I mean, so that he'll play until he's like thirty nine or forty. Yeah, I think that something that I hear kind of regularly is that he wants to play with his son. He wants to play with little LeBron, Bronny, and yeah, yeah little Bronny. And um, I think that he has an opportunity to do that. I I think the Lakers might actually um, move in that direction if possible. So we're going to get Bronny and LeBron. We're going to get Lonzo and LaMelo and the rest of the it's ball just, it's, just a, it's It's a family operation, <laughs> you know. And that's just that's just really, really what it is. What's that guy who's over on the uh, – he has a brother on the Celtics. Um, there's, there's two brothers. Oh, gosh, who oh, are they? Oh, we're going to get them too. Oh, yeah, the Morris twins. Like, the Morris twins. There we go. Yeah. yeah. We're we're gonna get uh we're gonna get both of them too. Why not? Why not? Bring them all in. Bring them all in. Just bring it all in. Um, yeah. So sorry for anyone who isn't interested in a bunch of Lakers talk. We will probably talk a bit about the Lakers this season because um, I'm a Laker fan, and to be honest, uh, the NBA is probably the most interesting when the big market teams. Are are at least in the headlines, and the the media in California has been ready for this moment for like five years. So um, we're gonna hear a lot about the Lakers in the coming months, their struggles, their highs, their lows, and and we're on board. And like to be honest, I'm not a Laker fan. I have nothing against the Lakers, but even I understand that we gotta talk Lakers. LeBron James went from the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he joined probably one of the biggest markets in the NBA in the LA Lakers. If LeBron joined the Denver Nuggets, we'd be talking about Denver Nuggets right now. So you're not wrong. So let's just be honest. That's... Like it's it's all because of LeBron James. Like he's the reason why we're talking this right now. He is the reason why all eyes are on the Lakers, even more so than normal. 
Right, right. It's just, it's kind of that perfect storm, right? <laughs> Where everyone is benefiting, at least related to the Lakers, by LeBron being there. The Lakers are benefiting, LeBron's benefiting. Uh, what was that? He was on a... He was seen on stage with, like, Kanye or Drake or something like that the other day. Oh, like, he was, I mean, yeah, with Drake, yeah. Yeah, he was, he's, LeBron's loving L.A., everyone's loving the media circuit, or he's loving the media circus, and um, all I gotta say is, LeBron, why didn't you come to L.A. sooner, man? Why didn't you come <laughs> to the Lakers sooner? Just make it happen. Um, I have a, here's a, here's a question for you. All right. Just, just, I'm gonna, we're gonna touch on it. We'll probably talk more about this later. Um, in a future podcast, where does LeBron rank all time for you? All time LeBron James. Why you got to give me this, man? I was not expecting oh, this question. It's it's, uh, it's the <laughs> it's the first podcast. We're just we we we're just talking, man. We're just talking, man. I would say currently, LeBron James is somewhere in my top seven, and okay. that is a pretty wide gap. Like. I, he's not number one. Number one for me is Michael Jordan, hands down. Who's but, Michael Jordan? Um, he's just some guy from North Carolina. Don't worry about him. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Anyways, but LeBron James, I could argue he's two, but I could argue he's seven. Like, it, it, it's really? Kind of, it's kind of difficult in my head because this is a guy who, while super incredibly dominant, like this is a uh, he's almost impossible to stop currently on the ball. He's so fast. He's so strong. We're talking guy who's like oh, 300 pounds almost. And he runs faster I mean, than probably 90% of the players in the league. And he can jump out of the gym. Uh, it's unreal. And and on top of that, he has the IQ of probably some of the finest ever to play the game. Right. Like, I'm not a sleeper on LeBron, like, but he's had to do it with a lot of help. And he's always move from team to team with a lot of help and he hasn't always got it done so like some of my arguments are i have trouble putting him above kobe bryant i mean i could argue both ways because if i put kobe bryant on that heat team that lost to the dallas mavericks with dirk Nowitzki and four supporting role players kobe bryant would not have let that team lose i i mean okay you're you are I was I was hoping to get a slightly smaller response so I could just package it up and be like, "This is what Joel believes," and then do that later on in life, right? Um, and bring it up. But you you brought the um, spicy question, so I need to give you sure, the answer. Sure, I, I I'll give it to you. Um, I don't think yeah. Does it does the fit work well with that team? Does Kobe work well next to uh, Dwayne Wade? Does and Chris Bosh like? I'll be honest, I don't know if that fit works, but I think you're right. Like, there's a there's an element that we've seen of LeBron in his past where he kind of lays it down a little bit. And when the going gets tough, he doesn't get as dominant or it doesn't he, he gets going ninety percent of the way, you know, like yeah. like it's just there's there's that sort of element to I mean, it. He could easily have I, two titles if Ray Allen didn't save him. I mean, he could be out two titles if Ray Allen didn't save him. Pretty much. So, like, so I think that while you are correct in that regard, I just want to remind you that while Michael Jordan was 
retired, and I use air quotes because <laughs> I think that there's more to the, uh, he was going to get, he was going to uh, get suspended by the league if he didn't take a little bit of a break. But anyway, um, if if he didn't retire, then I think you would expect a team by, with the greatest player of all time to not do well. But let me remind you that Scottie Pippen carried that team to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals the very next year. So if yeah. you're talking about pieces around LeBron, I also want to remind you that that LeBron carried, who was it, Mo Williams or something like that to the to the finals? Like, like uh, supporting casts. Yeah, he had, you know, like, Mo Williams, LeBron has Sogowskis, ca- yeah. No, I understand what like, you're saying. He had kind of a... The Cavs are going to take a bigger dip this year. Oh, this huge. year. Huge. Than when Jordan left the Bulls. I will agree Jordan had help. Like, I'm not one of those people that says Jordan did it by himself, but... Right. Like, he had Scottie Pittman. He didn't have Kukoc at the time, but for his, th- you know, for his first 3P, he had Horace Grant, Stacey King, Bill Cartwright. The list goes on and on. You know, right. he had a good supporting cast, and Scottie Pippen was that player that when Jordan left, he was a league MVP. Like, this dude is legit. He was a monster. But each, I mean, and he did win the title with them. But LeBron has had help wherever he's won a title to a greater effect than what Michael had. And in my opinion, Michael did it in a tougher era. People say that Michael played against plumbers. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Michael played against plumbers. He played in, he played in a league where every team, yeah, it, the the superstar talent was a bit more stretched out, but it was also a much more physical league and a league where it was hard for ball dominant guards to make an impact. Like this may be a spicy take. Steph Curry is not Steph Curry if he played in the nineties. <laughs> Steph Curry well, cannot mean... get he cannot get a shot off when you have a defender like Derek Harper putting his hands on you, kind of like dictating where he goes with hand check. Like right. Steph Curry is lucky. He's I shouldn't say he's lucky. He has a great ability, but he's playing in an era now where he has so much more space. It's why Steve Nash was so dominant in the early two thousands. Steve Nash finally had space, and he could, and no one could actually stop him on the ball. If you are you are poking many bears right now, <laughs> my friend. Uh, you are you are not being uh, careful. I, I should say not careful with your words, but you are. You're not holding back any punches no, right now. Definitely not. Um, I think I think we we should have this conversation at some point. Agreed. Because tomorrow the NBA starts. Excitement. The 2018-19 NBA starts, and as we sit here, we're not we're not analysts. We're not guys with unlimited resources. We're just some guys who like talking basketball. And yeah, I know how to use basketballreference.com, right? I know how to look up some stuff. Uh, Joel and I have spent many an hour uh, talking about this stuff. But I think that the best way to kind of frame the conversation about some of the other exciting narratives that we see in the league is with this question. Can anyone beat the Warriors? You asking me right now? Right. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is why we just asked the question. So the the Warriors are looking for that three-peat. 
the Warriors added Boogie Cousins, and like some Warriors fans want to be like, well, he's hurt. He's not going to be back till February. What about team chemistry? Yada, yada, yada. Um, I think that we can all just kind of assume that when you add a guy who was in the MVP conversation from the year before, before injury, mm. I think that we can just kind of assume that they'll figure it out. And anytime you have a guy who's seven feet tall and 200 and something pounds, and, or 280, 290 pounds, and can shoot a three ball and is going to be just pulling the big man out of the center and leaving it wide open for guys like KD to operate. Like, let's be real. Like, the Warriors are going to be out there shoot, like sending guys out who all shoot more than 38% from the field and they have two seven-footers. Like, that's ridiculous. So, cool. Bottle that up. Let's put it all together. Can anyone beat the Warriors? I think the Warriors are the easy favorites. Let's talk about some of the other exciting narratives other than the Lakers and other than the Warriors. Do you think that there's anyone who can beat the Warriors? And if so, why? Make that case. In a seven-game series, no. There's no one beating this team four games. There's there's no one who can beat this team, I think, four games in a seven-game series. It's... it's... You could take an Eastern Conference All-Star team and they would struggle to beat this Warriors team <laughs> four out of seven games. That's... It's it's just it's just not fair. I mean, this Warriors team is made up where if you double-team Kevin Durant, who's probably one of the best offensive players ever to play the game, you're going to get punished with a three-pointer from either Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. Like, this team is so versatile and so strong that... It's hard to find a weakness. This team plays defense. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what you can do. Like, mm-hmm. do you think anybody can beat the Warriors four out of seven? Okay, so here's the thing. I think that one thing. One thing that is incredibly apparent, and this happens pretty often, is that in the playoffs, um, it usually comes down to an injury. I mean, just think about. That two years ago, the Spurs were winning by like 27 before um, Zaza uh, jumped and mauled Kawhi's his or mauled Kawhi's ankle. Uh, last year, Chris Paul gets hurt, and suddenly the Rockets are shooting his an historic yeah. low percentage from three. Right, like you you see these things kind of happen, and I think that because of these these things that we've seen in the past, there's ways to beat the Warriors. I, th- I mean, the Rockets The Rockets were one bad shooting night away from that. Sure. I think So I think that there's... Um, I don't think that they're necessarily invincible, even though that they, they look like it. So I kind of want to talk about two main teams that come to mind. Uh, the first team being the Celtics... As much as it as much as it hurts me as a Laker fan to talk about the Celtics, and the second team being those Rockets, um, I don't necessarily think that anyone has taken that big of a leap this year. Um, in re- as or as big of a leap as the Lakers, but the Lakers are going from a thirty-five win team. They're going to add ten to fifteen wins. And, you know, they'll be in the playoff hunt. 
the other all the other teams made a the three teams in the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Celtics, they made a they they are leveling up, I think, in probably about an equal plane, just not as in a drastic way. Um, as like the Lakers did. Um, and I think that they the Warriors obviously added Boogie. The Rockets got Carmelo. And the Celtics are going to get Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving back. Because, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's have this conversation. If you don't think that they that they can't win, right? That, that the Warriors are unbeatable in a seven-game series. Let's do this. Let's pretend that the Celtics do beat the Warriors in a seven-game series. Barring injury, how does that happen? How do they have to do? How do they have to do it to win a seven-game series? Oh, I say if the Celtics win the seven-game series, they got to push egos aside. You got a lot of players on that team, and there's only one basketball. So you got Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Tatum, and Brown, right? And those are kind of like your big. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and I can't forget Al Horford. But Al Horford's never been a ball dominant center, you know. Right. So that's one of the things I like about Horford for sure. Horford's great. So I think if this team wins, they put defense first. You got guys like Tatum and Brown who's going to use their kind of like their long wingspans to help shut down the Warriors. But Kyrie's got to play out of his mind. Kyrie's got to play absolutely out of his mind. You and think he's the missing piece of that team? I think. Kyrie this year is going to prove to everybody that he's still the elite point guard of the NBA. I'm not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. He's not one of my favorite players. Um, personally, I probably would trade him. Uh, but <laughs> You're not saying popular things right now. It's fine. I hope you, I hope you realize that. <laughs> That's fine. But I, I feel like if this team win, if this team is going to challenge the Golden State Warriors and win the title this year. It's mm-hmm. going to be because of Kyrie Irving and him playing out of his uh, playing out of his mind. Um Jason Tatum I I'm hoping that the return of Hayward and Kyrie Irving don't stunt his growth cuz he was phenomenal in the postseason last year for the Celtics. Like after those injuries, nobody was expecting the Celtics to do what they did. And totally. They kept winning and winning and winning, and it was on the back of a rookie. So, I mean, granted, that's probably one of the reasons why I'd get rid of Irving right now, because I don't want to start this get growth. rid of Irving. I, I shouldn't say get rid of him, but you know, trade him for, because Kyrie Irving's amazing. But you know, you definitely want to, especially with all the talks of him possibly leaving. Although he said he does want to stay. I can never be too sure, especially in today's NBA, because, you know, there were all those talks about Kyrie and Jimmy Butler trying to, like, find a team where they could join up. But, sure. But I say if the Celtics win, it's going to be the fact that it's a lot of unselfishness and a lot of team defense. Because you're going to have to trust one of Brown, probably Brown or Tatum, to guard Kevin Durant one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be your key matchup. Yeah. I mean, I think that... I think that you're right. I think that if you put Kyrie Irving on that playoff team last year, there is only one ball. But I also want to remind you that that Jason Tatum's a rookie. Yeah. 
Terry Rozier is only 23 years old. Marcus Smart is 23 years old. Jalen Brown is considered one of the best up-and-coming uh, defenders in the league. And he's 21. Yeah, these are all young kids. These are young bloods. Yeah. And here's and here's the thing that I... I Kyrie's young blood, too. Kyrie's not that I, old. You're you're not wrong. I think what I want to do is I'm I'm gonna call you out for a second here, um, because I think you're also forgetting that Gordon Hayward is a 21 point guy. Gordon Hayward's a guy who shoots who what well, last time he was healthy, he shot 39.8 percent from three on five attempts a game. I really like Gordon Hayward. I I really like him. And I was I think a that fan his, of his when he was in Utah. Like big fan, I, like he did everything, but I, that I that leg injury, I can't, I can't expect him, especially on a team where he's not going to be the number one option to put up similar numbers as that. Like he has to prove it to me first. I mean, sure, I think, but like here's a guy. He was he's a six eight. He's a six eight defender who can shoot. I think that he he drastically changes that team. And I think that he he when if you're switching, right? If you if you're switching between, uh, Tatum like if Hayward. you're if you're KD and you have to go from Tatum to Hayward to Brown um, to Brown out on the wing, I think that's incredibly difficult. Yeah, and I think that's, that's your key matchup if the Celtics are to win is if they can stop Kevin Durant one on one. Because right. the second you have to double Kevin Durant, you're you're opening up the game for more shooters and more people to get involved. Right, and I mean, and the thing is, is I think that the Warriors are going to try to, uh, the Warriors are going to try to switch and switch and switch and switch on you, um, to get to get Kevin in that in that setup, right? Yeah, and I think that. Uh, I just think that the the Celtics have the defensive switching. If you can keep him from having to play and from having to be guarded by Kyrie Irving or Al Horford out on the wing, sure. then I think you're in a good. I think you're in a good spot. And I don't I mean, think the I mean, Horford matchup is that bad either. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, as long as you don't have Kyrie Irving on on Kevin Durant, you know. Right, and I mean, in in that situation, you're never gonna try to get your point guard to guard. Um, a 611 man you know so i think every team is going to be doing that and if you sit here and you just look at okay we're, we've got uh we've got th- think of this lineup they can put out there for you kyrie irving jalen brown jason tatum you, they can go with either marquis more marcus morris or marcus smart yep and then and then al horford yep like got terry Rozier I, I think, still yeah i mean they they're and and that's that's not including Hayward. They are a deep so, team. So they're a deep team, and I think that if you if you do something like Kyrie, Jalen, Tatum, Hayward, uh, Al Al Horford, or you or you try to go small and you put uh, you put someone you maybe you put Marcus Morris out there or something instead of Horford and just go a little bit smaller. Um, I think that they defend the Warriors pretty well, actually. I think they're made to beat the Warriors. I mean, Hayward over here is 6'8". Jason Tatum, 6'8". Jalen Brown, 6'7". 6'10", yeah. 
he's he's six seven, and then Marcus Smart. I think he's one. He's only six four, but I think he's one of those guys who plays a lot bigger than he is when he's when he's locked in. Mm. He's he's a little bit of a liability, but um, but I think that he is he he plays a little bigger than he than he is. Okay, so so we briefly touched on the Celtics, but you also brought up the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Do you think they have a chance to beat the Warriors, and did they get better or worse this offseason? Okay. <laughs> uh, I think you're asking two separate questions, my friend. <laughs> um, I think the first question is, do they have a chance to beat the Warriors? I think absolutely. I think that the... Uh, I think that they have an ability to play not pretty basketball, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, and what I mean is, is they can really, really slow the game down. And they can really, really mess with the rhythm of the game. And we saw that. Just the fact that James Harden over here, what was it? How many free throws? Did, he attempts 10 free throws a game that is somewhere double digits yeah 10 free throws attempted per game you can slow down the game so much when when and just keep people out of a rhythm um and then chris paul is obviously one of the i think he's still one of the most talented uh, point guards in the league um i think that if when you go and add of uh, so here's so here take last last year's team okay take last year's team and give them game seven and run it back seven times sure right with a healthy chris paul or no with healthy? a healthy chris paul i think that i think that they win that game okay that's fair i mean okay. they were dominating this well i should say dominating they looked convincing in 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 quite a few of those games with the healthy chris paul yep yes did they get better with Carmelo Anthony? Did they get better with <laughs> Carmelo Anthony? I, I, I'm trying to say that to myself a few times, and try and trying to just navigate this in my head. Which Carmelo Anthony shows up? The first half of last season when he was like trying to work with the Thunder. Or the second half of last season where he's like nearly demanding. I mean, he's like, I'm an all-star. I'm going to dominate the ball. I'm going to stop the offense. I, If we get the, the one from the sec- first half of the season, I think that he sits back and he has a... He has a great time coming off the bench. Okay. He has he has a great time leading that second uh, leading that second unit, being one of the primary scorers in that second unit. If he can let his pride take that hit, then I think he's in a good spot. So, I think that Carmelo Anthony might nuclear bomb that team. So let me tell you why I think the Rockets got worse. And it's okay. not because of Carmelo Anthony. I actually think Carmelo is going to do a decent job of what Carmelo does, which is, you know, he's he's probably going to score 15 to 20 points off the bench and grab five, six rebounds. But okay. um, they lost 
two key defenders on the wings. They lost Trevor Ariza, who went to the Suns, and they lost Mba Mute. And when you lose that kind of defense, and you have to bring in, from what I've heard, is that they're going to bring in Eric Gordon, former six-man Eric Gordon, and put him in the starting lineup. So you got Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, and James Harden. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul is, you know, he's... <laughs> I guess he's still one of your top defensive point guards in the league. He's getting much older. He, he probably doesn't do the defensive job that he once did. But you got a short Eric Gordon and a defensive mm-hmm. liability being kind to say a defensive liability in James Harden. And, oh, that's going to be rough. Like, I, I don't know if they have that. I don't know if they have that ball stopper that they once did. Uh, yeah. in, in like a Trevor Ariza to to kind of like hamstring one of the offensive wings on the other team, but it's going to be a little difficult, I think, for the Rockets, especially to keep up their defensive um, prowess that they've showed in the past few years under, surprisingly, Mike D'Antoni. I think they were sixth last year in team defense. I don't right. know what they'll do next year, especially without those two guys. I think that that's one of the that's one of the big factors, to be honest with you. Um, I think that the I think the Rockets, and this is an unpopular opinion, spicy take. I think the Rockets were vastly underrated on defense last year. Oh, and by, what I mean is, is that most people, uh, what I mean is that most people valued them less than what they actually were. So I'm not saying that they're like a top three defense in the league or even a top five or maybe even top 10 but like they could have been like comfortably 12 to 15 for defense last year and everyone was giving them credit like they're the 30th Mm. you know um i think that james harden went from being maybe one of the biggest defensive liabilities in the game to adequate to to being adequate. Yeah, he put in right? effort last year for the first time I've ever seen He had some him effort. effort. Oh, is there a way I can look up the team rating on defense over here? Let's um, take a look here. Um, I'm sure it's somewhere I'm, I'm, online, but I will I will agree with you that last year was the first year I saw James Harden more often than not put in defensive effort. And mm-hmm. that was surprising. So I don't know if that right. happens this as much this year without... Ariza and Mbamute. Um, I know they mm-hmm. got the young kid in the trade. Um, excuse me. They got the young kid in the trade from the Suns. But it's going to be kind of tricky, I think, for them this year. Especially this is another year out away with with not having Patrick Beverly. And I know, so it's just, I don't know if they can keep up their defensive abilities this mm-hmm. year. I'm with you there. Like, I mean, it's... I I don't see how a team can go from lofting forty threes a game. Yeah. Why adding more offensive pieces is good, but I guess it, it's it's D'Antoni's like whole deal, right? Seven seconds or less. Seven seconds or less, right? It's. <laughs> um, I have a thing here. I want to get some quick reactions from you on this. Okay. So even though Forrest isn't here in the podcast with us, um. Oh, sorry. The Rockets were eighth in defensive efficiency last year, or last year. So they were what? I'm sorry. They were eighth. Eighth. Okay. So um, that's pretty wild. But anyway, um, so let's see. I'm looking here. I'm looking here. I want to get some instant reactions from you. 
Okay, this so f- dangerous. Five. Yeah, here we go. Five thirty-eight just posted um, their big statistical uh, prediction of the two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen NBA. Okay. Um, I won't go through all the stats and all that stuff. I know we're we're more just sitting here talking in, about basketball. Sure. But here's the thing: is they rank the different teams' odds to make the playoffs. So, unsurprisingly, the Warriors come in at a greater than ninety nine percent chance to make the playoffs. Okay. A sixty one chance percent chance to make the finals and a forty nine percent chance to win the title. Okay. So technically, they have the field beating the Warriors by two well, percent. Gotcha. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, the third team in the West, Warriors, ninety-nine percent chance to make the playoffs. Rockets, ninety-eight percent chance to make the playoffs. Guess who else has a ninety-eight percent chance to make the playoffs? Tell me. The Jazz. I love this. Yes. Tell me more. Tell me more. I love the Jazz. So you have one of the best gunners in the league (laughs) in Donovan Mitchell. And you have the reigning defensive player of the year in Gobert. And you have a supporting cast who will shoot the lights out. I Uh love the Utah Jazz. They play a fun style of basketball. And I'm excited to see next year how far they go. Um, okay. I don't like their draft pick. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Grayson Allen. I believe, yeah. That's um, because you don't like attitude. You and you and Oscar get along. <laughs> so I just, but I'm excited to see what that team does this year. The Utah Jazz. They are right. I I was going to bring them up if we did like a underdog show, but I'm really happy to see them represented with. I would say a ninety-eight percent chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, I fully Here, let me, agree. Let me give you their their top eight. We're not going to go through them all. Okay. But at, right after them, at ninety-five percent chance to make the playoffs, the Thunder. Okay. Ninety-one percent. The Nuggets. Okay, I like it. I like it. I mean, Jokic is super fun to watch. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah. chance to make the playoffs. The one and only Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. They're they're coming in as the sixth seed. Their projected record, 48 and 34. Hey, there's that there's that number 48. That's my that's my number, baby. (laughs) Um, and then rounding it out with the 74 and 73% respectively are the Pelicans. So um, so not a lot's unexpected there. Um, one thing that is interesting is the Spurs only have a 25% chance to make the playoffs. I disagree. Is what they're saying. Um, but I think anytime uh, Pop is coaching your team, um, you're going to have a good time, even though they did just lose two guards to yes. like at least two, two-month injuries. Um, but here's the thing. Instant reactions. You ready? Yeah. The top team in the East... Is projected to have a fifty-six and twenty-six record. Okay. They have a greater than ninety-nine percent chance to make the playoffs, a thirty-four percent chance to make the finals, and a twelve percent chance to win the title. Mind you, the Rockets only have a nine percent chance to win the title, but that's probably because they would have to go through the Warriors. They have to go through the Warriors, yeah. Right. With a twelve percent chance to win the title, 
the Toronto Raptors. I'm surprised they're above the Celtics and the Sixers, to be honest. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. But I actually really like the Toronto Raptors this year. Um, I, I, They got a starting five that's incredibly solid. You're adding Kawhi Leonard, who is, especially if he's healthy, is hands down better than DeMar DeRozan. Hands down. Hands down. Hopefully you're getting back a healthy Cal Lowry. You got Valanchunas. You still got um, Ibaka. You got Fred Van Fleet off the vent, off the bench, off the bench. Um, I really like this team. Um, I don't know if they're going to be better than the Celtics or the Sixers, but I think they definitely should have be in that 99 percentile, I guess, quote unquote, according to 538 to make the playoffs. I mean, they're the one seed last year. Yeah. I don't think they'll be the one seed this year, but <laughs> yikes! I mean, this is they're uh, that's pretty spicy. I mean, didn't you hear um, from Tristan Thompson? The road to the East goes through the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> um, here we go. Five thirty-eight has them at eleven percent chance to make the playoffs. Cleveland? Oh my gosh! You yes, guys, behind you the Magic, that. behind the Magic, the Nets, the Hornets. The Pistons, oh behind my. all those guys. Oh my gosh, I I, I don't think um, the Cleveland Cavaliers have an eleven percent chance to make the playoffs. There, that's too kind. Like, who has a better chance to make the playoffs, the Bulls or the Cavs this year? Oh, the Bulls. At least the Bulls have some are building towards something. The Cavaliers. Oh man, they're dead I in the water. I appreciate your homerism. It's it's refreshing. <laughs> I gotta hang on um, to something. But <laughs> I want to rewind it like two minutes. Okay. You said that the San Antonio Spurs had a 25% chance of making the playoffs according to 538 with their predictions. Yep. Do you agree? Yep. Uh, well, the first two teams out are the Trailblazers and the Spurs. And here is here's what I would say about the Spurs. If it were 1999 again, and three-pointers weren't that big of a deal. And the mid-range game is where you lived and died. This team would be a lock for the playoffs. Because I don't know. Like, I think the Spurs are going to try to set the record for the most mid-range, ju- <laughs> mid-range jumpers in the game. Between between LMA and DeMar DeRozan. I think they're just going to... That's just how it's going to be. Um, I think, and this is, this is where, this is where it gets kind of funky. I don't know if I have the Pelicans over the, over the Spurs. And there's the great debate of like, what, what's better talent or coaching, right? Okay. Like that kind of thing. But I just, yes, the Spurs didn't make 50 wins last season for the first time in like 20 years. Sure. But they did that without I, a star player. Oh, sorry, without their main star Lamar, player. Let me let me tell you, Lamarcus was a, it was did a great job last year. Sure, I really think he did. Um, I just don't want to bet against Greg Popovich not making the playoffs. They're making the playoffs. They made the but, playoffs last year without Kawhi Leonard, and now you're adding Demar Derozan. Oh, they're making the playoffs. They're definitely so you have them. So so who's so then who are they beating? 
because the they've got the last the last four seeds in. All right, Nuggets, Lakers, Timberwolves, Pelicans. Oh, Timberwolves! As much as I really? love my Timberwolves, uh, that team is in complete <laughs> disarray. You got you got their 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 star shooting guard telling me that their big guy doesn't have any heart and he can't even post him up, and that their most talented God given player doesn't care about basketball. That team is not going anywhere. That team is okay. going to struggle. So um, then they have to beat one other team, because they also have a. Uh, they also don't forget about the Trailblazers too. Oh, they yeah yeah they beat the Trailblazers. So the Spurs are beating the Trailblazers yes, and the Timberwolves. Yes, sir. And they're squeaking in as the eight seed. Yes, sir. You heard it here first, everyone. Yes, sir. Spurs. Do and you then know? you're getting Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr revenge game. Oh, it's <laughs> first gonna, round of playoffs. It's gonna be ugly, folks, but I'm gonna love it. I am rooting for the Spurs <laughs> to do something this year, and they're not going to win 50 games, but they're going to be gosh darn competitive for sure, and I think they'll the make the playoffs. 538 has been 37 and 45. Oh my gosh. Disrespect. Disrespect. Oh my goodness. Like, I don't, I, I mean, all right. I, I appreciate I'm going to love watching that storyline this season because of uh, because of your re- your reaction to it, I'm not gonna lie. Um, a couple other things, um, I want to touch on them because I think that they, um, we we can touch on them a little bit more. Um, real briefly, what's the ceiling for the 76ers? Ceiling? Oh, their ceiling could be to win the title. You they're, think so? Yeah, I mean the ceiling for sure. I think that's their ceiling. Um, they got enough talent. They got some, you know, uh, they got a decent bench. If Ben Simmons, like they said, has added a three-point shot and and B can play back-to-backs and is healthy, I mean, their ceiling is winning a title. I don't think they'll reach their ceiling, but... what What's going to hold them back from reaching their ceiling? Um, gosh. Enough star power. Um, I don't think Simmons is going to be enough. Um, I don't think Markel Fultz is ready. Um, they said that he's, you know, that his jump shot feels good again, and I just don't know if they'll trust him. Um, I mean, you got Dario Saric, who's a good player. You got Embiid, but I just don't think they have enough talent. You to... don't think Embiid? Who's more talented, Simmons or Embiid? Embiid. Okay. Don't... You don't think that Embiid is enough star power for a team? Not if he's not playing every game. He was playing every game at the end of last season. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if he was playing every game at the end of last season. I know he had to set out some back to backs. Um, I could be wrong. I wasn't following the Sixers super closely. Okay. But um, you got a guy there who's defensive player of the year caliber, and a guy who doesn't you know who picked up the game late, doesn't really practice, and is still probably the best big man or one of the best big men in the league. Um. Uh, Joel Embiid played 63 games and started 63 games last season mm-hmm. and averaged 30, po- 30 minutes a game played. Yeah, so, um, so he that's, play a lot. That's right about average of every other team's minutes. Like, minutes played and games played. So, like, like so he had 63. Um, two players, so, like, on the, the Rockets, for example, uh, Clint Capella... James Harden only had more than 70 starts at 74 and 72. They still sat 10 games. Um, 
Embiid sat 19 games. Uh, Trevor Ariza was at 67, and Chris Paul was at 58. Uh, let's look at let's look at the Warriors. How many of those guys took or got to got to sit for a certain amount of games last year? I mean, those guys are uh, old too. Like, no offense to Trevor Ariza and Chris Paul, but those guys are towards are closer to the end of their career than they are closer to the start of their career. And Embiid sure. is a very young man. Like, maybe I come from you know. The area and, where everyone played 82 games, or for the most part, you know, you only set up when you're injured. But I need my star players, especially when we're not quite sure, you know, not quite holding down the number one seed. We need to fight for that home court. So I want my star player playing as many games as possible while it doesn't affect his health. But making sure that he plays 82 games, 80 games, whatever it is, like he can't be sitting out back-to-backs. He can't be injured. So, sure. Um, guys who you might have a different perception of, right? Steph Curry only played 51 games last year. Okay. Um, that's that's an example of a dude who uh, who I I don't think we have the the narrative at least today for him where it's like he needs to sit back to back, back to back. So he needs to be babysat, you know, or like you know, like man, his minutes need to be managed. I shouldn't say uh, babysat, but. Uh, but Steph Curry of was a guy the, uh, who had injury history early in his career. I remember before he got to, uh, before he broke out, we were talking about you know Steph Curry being fragile. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, for example, so LeBron played eighty-two games last year. Uh-huh. Uh But then it's Kevin Love only played fifty-nine games. Jay Crowder forty-seven. Yeah. Or or fifty-three. Like I'm looking at some of these other teams that made it to like made it deep in the playoffs. Sure. And I'm I'm just I'm I'm trying to see what they are in comparison to uh, to Joel Embiid, uh-huh. and I and I think that what what I'm seeing is is you're right like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be like sitting those those games, um, in theory right sure um, but like Kyrie Irving played 60, 60 games last last year well Kyrie got hurt and I know Kevin Love had his um. Had his mental issues, right, right, right. Then, but what I'm saying is, is that, uh, what what I'm trying to say is that I don't know if in today's modern NBA you have to play eighty two games. Eighty two games. I think that if he if he plays sixty five games this season, then he's just right on average. You know, like. But with him not playing those games, they're not going to be the first seed in the East. They're not going to have home court. Because your drop off goes from Joel Embiid to I, I don't know it's like Muscala or Amir Johnson whoever's on that team, right? Like that's a big drop off from Joel Embiid, and that's going to sure. be a team that's going to struggle, and you're going to have to depend on like Sarich, Covington, Redick, and Fultz and Simmons to kind of pick up pick up that scoring load, offensive load, and especially the load on the defensive end. My my dude, they got Joel, they got uh, Jahil Okafor. No, they had Jahil Okafor years ago. I don't even know where that guy is anymore. He was on the 76ers last year. He was on the Pelicans last year. Or not Pelicans. I think he was on like the Nets or something last year. Uh, he was he was on the team for a little bit last year. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong roster. Oh, man, that guy's been there uh, Poor guy. You're, you're, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, they have Emeka Okafor. They have the other Okafor. He's still in the uh, league? Yeah, he is. <laughs> that, that dude's, he's got to be pushing 40. 
36. 36. No, 36. So. Oh, that dude, I want to see his birth certificate. Dude, That's he was born in 82. <laughs> no way. He's the same age as Thumb Maker. What? <laughs> <laughs> Savage, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, okay, we're, we've we're at uh, we're at about an hour. So um, let's see. Let's see. You got any concluding thoughts or anything? Any spicy takes? Or um, I think that your Spurs winning, Spurs making the eight seed, Joel Embiid, uh, the or the the seventy sixers could win the win it all. I mean, um, ceiling, yeah. Like sure. And your Rockets are going to significantly decline. Oh, I mean, I don't know if they'll significantly decline, but I will say they're they're going to be hurting more than people think. I okay. don't, they're definitely not going to be one seed. I don't even know. They'll probably be the two seed because they're, I mean, their main competition for the two seed is going to be Oklahoma City and I think Utah. For the 76ers? No, no. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For the Rockets. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Rockets. Yeah, for the Rockets. Uh, Oklahoma City... I mean, if we go by this 538 thing, it's going to be the Nuggets, Oklahoma City, and Utah. I think the Rockets are a lock, a stone-cold lock for, for two. number two. Yeah. They got a good chance at two, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them fall to three. Or maybe even four, depending on, like, that transition defensively and how well Eric Gordon does in that starting lineup. Because I am it's, it's literally different. on fire right now. I'm sorry. You are lighting the podcast waves <laughs> on fire I'm so sorry. right now. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Uh, this is... So you think that the Rockets can drop to the fourth seed in the West? I mean, considering how tight everything is, yeah. I mean, it's... And it's not because they're not good. It's because the other teams, uh-huh. I think, are very good. And them losing Trevor Ariza and Mbamute is bigger than their addition of Carmelo Anthony. Not to mention Chris Paul's another year older. Um, you know, I do like Clint Capella. Okay, know. just just a second. Yes, yeah, yeah. The, the Rockets were the number one seed Correct. last year. Yeah, 65, 65 wins. 65 wins. Yes, sir. The number three seed last year in the West, 49 wins. Okay, they're not going to have 49 wins, but... They were 16 them. games back. I will be surprised if the Rockets win 60 games this year. Okay, but sixty is still an incredible number. The oh, Warriors have fifty-eight. Hundred percent. I think the Warriors the War- will win over sixty games, and I think okay. the Rockets could be anywhere between fifty-four and sixty. Okay, so that still puts them at the number two seed based off of last year's. Based rankings. off last year's rankings, but they could be. I think they could be like fifty-four wins and have the third seed. So fifty-five. My wins goodness, uh, I think that's the note we need to end it on. Um. Uh, wow, wow. Uh, I think the I I I don't know if I disagree with you more. That's fair. Uh, like, uh, I think the I think the Rockets are, uh, I I think they might have overachieved a little bit last year, but I but I don't know if I have the Jazz that close to them. Okay. Um, but maybe I'm looking here at this five thirty eight article. And they have the Rockets with 56 wins and the Jazz with 55. So maybe I'm the one who's sleeping over here. I don't know. I um, really love the Jazz, though. I, Quinn Snyder is going to – he's my early uh, coach of the year. Yeah? Yeah. Um, will he 
Well, do you think that this year, do you think that the coach of the year will be fired before they announce coach of the year again? <laughs> Do you I think hope, that that's going to happen? I hope not. I, poor Dwayne Casey. I hope not. <laughs> oh man, that was so rough. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know what to. I don't know what to do about that. But hey, man. Um, anyway, um, it's been good. I think that is a spicy fuego take. Are there uh, are there any games that you that you want to watch, particularly like opening night? I just don't want to see my Bulls lose that bad. That's it. You don't want to see your Bulls lose that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what's what's our slate of games? Let me t- let me take a look real quick. On opening night, Tuesday, we have Boston and Philly, and ooh. OKC and Golden State. Ooh, ooh. Uh, opening ooh. night. Ooh, those are some good opening night games. I will watch both of well those done. games. Well done. And then the the Lakers the Lakers open at Portland on Thursday. So okay. I mean, yeah. So uh, good stuff all around, Joel. I think uh, we had a good time. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing this. We're going to try to do this weekly and have them posted um, around the beginning of the week. And uh, we should have some some of our friends on, and uh, it'll be a good old time. Uh, For me, myself, Mike Anderson, and for Joel Jimenez and the rest of the uh, the RIP Sports Podcast people, I bid you farewell. Have a good night. Bye.